Welcome to Restaurant Influencers presented by Entrepreneur. My name is Sean Walcha, founder of Cali BBQ and Cali BBQ Media. In life, in the restaurant business, and in the new creator economy, we learn through lessons and stories. We are grateful to Toast, our primary technology partner at our barbecue restaurants here in San Diego, for being the title sponsor of this show to help us tell incredible stories that are happening all around the globe in the hospitality business. Today, we have Justin Rosenberg, the CEO and founder of At Honey Grow. You can find them at Honey Grow on Instagram, on all the socials, uh, an incredible, fast-growing, slow-growing concept out of Northeast in Philadelphia-based. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Super excited to have you on. I've been... Uh, learning about the honey grow story and i'm excited to share it with our listeners but first we're gonna take you uh ask you where in the world is your favorite stadium stage or venue it's a stummy i don't know i mean i'm a the deep sixers fan the winter Wells fargo at the moment is uh true appreciation for that so that's my current answer okay well it's called <laughs> wells fargo that's the 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 title sponsor of the stadium Correct. okay yeah, wells fargo Perfect. And Currently then how, how many, how many, how many fit in Wells Fargo? Um, that's a good question. Let's say maybe 19,000. I could be 19, wrong. 000? I think around there. Okay. my guess. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I grew up in New York. I've been to Shea back when it was there, been to Yankee Stadium a bit. So um, those are actually great classic places, at least Yankee Stadium's still there. So I don't know, but going, going to Sisters games with my, with my daughter is a very fond place in my heart. So, um, you know, for what it's worth, I appreciate going there. I love it. Girl dad and somebody that's a, a fan of sports. We're, we're huge sports entertainment fanatics here. So we're going to go to Wells Fargo. Um, I'm going to talk to entrepreneur, talk to toast, get honey grow involved. And what we're going to do is we're, we're fortunate that we have fans all over the globe, hospitality leaders that tune into this show, but we're going to do a kick-ass in-person hospitality event, something more TEDx style. And I'm going to bring you to center court. And I'm going to ask you, Justin, Give me the two-minute story of the 92 rejections. What changed in your pitch to actually get someone to invest into Honey Grow? Uh, yeah. Can you imagine actually telling the story in front of like 19, 20,000 people? <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Philadelphia fans, no less. We're uh, Philadelphia we're, we're fans. I heard, are you guys, you, you guys are very hospitable in Philly. We're, we're a certain breed. Anyways, um, yeah, so... <laughs> So I, I came up with the concept. We serve freshly made to order stir fries, salads. You know, salads are a very small percentage of our sales, maybe 12%, um, but more of a stir fry concept. And uh, I wanted something that would be different, unique, not out of the bowl concept. Uh, back in 2009, when I came up with it, um, having some health challenges, I weighed about 50, 60 pounds more. Um, really just wasn't really in a healthy state. So I wound up uh, adopting a plant-based diet for probably about almost two years. And I just reversed everything. I was making salads for lunch, stir fry for dinner. Um, stuff I prep for lunch, I toss into a wok at night, threw some noodles in there and that was it. But, you know, no one's really doing this. It's unique, it's different. It's not a burrito, not, not another burger concept. I don't know, this just salad concept. Like, what can I do that really is different? And can I scale this? I have a passion for food and business and, and other stuff. And, um, you know, got after it. So worked in a kitchen in DC for a little bit. Um, just learn as much as I can from anyone willing to share information with me about the business. But yeah, I, I pitched, um, there's 93 people said no. 93. Yeah, it was, it was 2009 to 2011. Not like you so, were count. you weren't counting though, right? Dude, I, I, I had a spreadsheet. I was, I was <laughs> like, like, yes, no, 
um, maybe prick. You know, I, I had descriptions <laughs> in it all because. Do you still have the spreadsheet? I have, yeah, I have a laptop somewhere. I'm sure I could dig it up. <laughs> I was, I was, I was definitely, um, I was organized. So, so long story short, I finally met a guy. Uh, his name is David Robkin. And um, David, he's partners with Stephen Starr, is a big restaurant tour here in Philadelphia, New York, Miami, DC. Um, David liked the idea. Stephen's a genius of restaurants, 40 plus concepts. I just wanted to do one thing that I can scale. And um, David's a VC by trade, and he brought another person on for Blendfest, and um, got Honeywell started. What what convinced him? I think so. I, I spent a lot of time my business plan, and I think David so I had that like craziness you need as an entrepreneur. Um, and it, the model just looking on paper. I don't know what convinced him. Like I, I actually think about this. I think it was like divine intervention because you have to remember I had no track record, no experience. Like I was a more of a finance dude, more or less, and he he was like, okay, wow. Like let's, you know, after some back and forth, let's do it. But you know, he really wanted to get to know me, wanted to meet my wife, making sure I was going to just run with the money and, and whatever. But you know, we've, uh, we've been partners now for 11 years. So he, uh, he's a good man and have good partners. And that was kind of it. And that's how we got started. Did you ever lose faith? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say over that two year period, you know, you meet with people and people are, people can be jerks. And some people are really nice to say, hey, look, this isn't for me. That's fine, very respectful. Um, I try to be the same when I meet with folks with ideas. You know, this is like their baby. Um, but I met with people that they were in a power position to give some flack. And they're just like, you know, I was 27 years old, 28 at the time. They're just like, hey, you know what? This is stupid. What, why are you wasting my time with this? Like, like it was just bad. And eventually, I, I, you know, you come home kind of deflated and tired. And you know, my wife was an amazing rock at that period of time and still is. Um, but I, I gave myself to the end of 2011, so really three years. And uh, if I couldn't get financed by then, call it a day. But luckily, I uh, divine intervention got there. What what advice do you have? We have a lot of entrepreneurs, would be restaurateurs that listen to the show. What advice would you have? Uh, what would you tell yourself going back to to that initial initial raise? You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. I I really think that making mistakes. And, you know, I, like I love jujitsu and you, you gotta like, it just takes reps to get better in anything. And like, you know, good terminology, drillers make killers. So like just the reps, you gotta keep going to get better at it. And so I, I think gaining confidence in my pitch was a big thing. And that just came with like time and, and practice and rejection and everything else. You know, you guys just keep going if you want to get it, you know, but don't do it forever. Like eventually time's going to run out, but <laughs> give yourself a finite period of time and, and just say, Hey, look, I'm gonna give myself some, a year to get it done and, and go crazy and try to get it done. And if you can't, well, at least you, you won't look back and be like, oh, I didn't try. Oh, I had this idea and, you know, just, you don't ever want to be in that position. So I, I think that was key. Um, and, and just wanting it, a passion, really want to do something different. My other advice would be, there's so much of the same concept that's out there now. And they're like, everyone's doing, and, and some are great. Like I'm not trying to knock anybody at all, but there's a lot of old concepts and it's kind of just a variation of the same thing. There's a lot of chicken sandwich concepts and that's kind of the same thing. So I, I think there's something to be said about really being distinct and unique. If you're going to do something that's already a category, um, you know, I didn't want to be another bowl concept. So really focus on fresh made noodles, creating your own stir fry, um, doing something really distinct, unique, fun, exciting, um, and not like everyone else. So that was really, I think that's really key to that. When you first pitched, were you, how many restaurants was in the pitch? What was the goal? Um, 
No, I, I would never have got funded for one. It was always a multi-unit plan. It was, I have to go back and check the business plan, but it was, uh, I think we're looking to get to maybe 10 or 15 by year five. And we actually got to 14 by year five. So um, exceeded that, but then of course had some challenges down the road. So good and bad. What you said, I think is important for our audience to hear. And that said, you would have never gotten funded for one. Why is that? I think it depends like if, if it's friends or family like one restaurant sounds cool like hey let's open up something and have fun with it and <laughs> let's, let's throw see it where it goes. away <laughs> yeah let's sounds make great four five five four or five percent you know NOI and call it a day but I think if you're in this if you really want to find money like I think investors are want to see growth and scale I think that's really important um and so if you if someone came to me and said hey I want to do five of these well what's the exit strategy right like the goal really is, has always been, hey, we want to be a national, ideally international brand. And, you know, we're not there yet at all. We're in the Northeast. We're in Pittsburgh. Like, we do well. But the goal for Honeygrow has always been to be a national slash international brand, which is what we're all working really hard for today. When you go back to the opening the first store, can you bring me back to a story, a lesson that you learned opening that first store? Yeah, higher hire different, <laughs> train better, <laughs> um, know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, in the beginning, we just, God, it was, it was a, I don't know, a shit was, show. Like, it's fine. This is an yeah, it's a show for entrepreneur. <laughs> it was a shit show. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we, we just, I, I mean, it's on me at the end of the day. I didn't have the right team. I didn't know what I was doing, hiring, training. And the day we opened, we, we just got smashed and couldn't handle it. It was a good problem, but it wouldn't, not a long-term good problem. Uh, just couldn't handle volume. And it wasn't a lot of volume. Uh, literally people on the line just quitting saying, fuck this, I'm out. And I'm just like, cool. My GM just disappeared. It's <laughs> like gone. Um, it was it was a true trial by fire moment. And I actually wound up, uh, that was a Friday. That Saturday I, uh, morning, I called my my two partners. I'm like, guys, I'm going to close just for tomorrow for Saturday. I'm sorry, I'm closing today. They're like, what do you mean you're closing? And I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, we got to figure this out and this is not figured out. And they're just like, what do you mean? Like, see you later. So we, uh, we wound up spending that day just like reorganizing, prepping. Quite frankly, we didn't even have an expediter. Like guys are making stir fries and just throwing them on the counter. Like customer has to figure out, pick it up. It was like, it was a wild experience. And, you know, that Sunday slowly, like I was on expo, people were more organized. And every day we got better and better to the point where we finally started uh, becoming successful. Huge news, Toast, our primary technology partner at our barbecue restaurants in San Diego and the primary technology partner of so many of the guests that we have on this show have announced they are expanding their business offerings with Google. So now if you search on Google Maps and you sign up for Toast Tables or Toast Waitlist, you will have the opportunity to improve the digital hospitality experience of the guest, allow them to book through the maps into the Toast Reservation system. One of the biggest difficulties that restaurant guests have is when they search for your restaurant and they want a table, they do not have an easy solution to book a table or to get on a wait list. This is huge news for the restaurant industry, huge news for guests and huge news for you, the restaurant owner. Check out Toast Tables today and find out the new integrated solution that they have. This is something that we've wanted for a long time. How do you integrate reservations, wait lists into your point of sale? Toast has done it, check it out. Was it harder to open the second store or the third store? 
No, the second was a lot easier. I also was the GM. Like I fired the first GM and just ran it myself. <laughs> and I, it's is that I, is that the advice for people to fire your GM and do it yourself? I think, I think with my advice, if you want to be in the restaurant business, you should be the GM. I think you should really dive in and, and live and breathe it. And you know, it's it's the classic story. But yeah, I was making sauces. I was back in house, run a house, learning everything to the point where like. You know, I really knew every detail of the business and felt confident when I opened the second one, what to do, how to hire. Um, so this, the second one was successful from day one. Third one was great. Um, no, I, I, I felt pretty good after that. How has the brand evolved as you've opened up more? Lo- how many locations do you have now? Yeah, so we're at 31 locations. Um, the brand has evolved quite a bit. Um, you know, I think in the beginning, I think the key really, it's, it's, a, it's evolving, it's not. We've always stayed true to who we are. We do freshly made stir-fry salads in our honey bar dessert. Honey, it's like fruit, honey drizzle on top, really good. It's like 5% of our sales, which is pretty good. Um, we really just stay core to like the guest experience. And, you know, like, like people are talking about recession coming and, and how do you really counter this? And sure, you can do rewards programs and whatnot. And I, I, I genuinely believe the companies that will do very well will be the ones that worry about the customer. And the ones that means you're worrying about your team. And a lot of people say this, not everyone does it. And I, I just, I really like the bottom line is like the food's got to be good, accurate. So in our line of work, especially, you know, some sort of DoorDash and GrubHub, people aren't really checking tickets, especially when they're making stuff. Mm-hmm. Nothing's worse than ordering something and you're missing chicken, right? Like that's like the shittiest feeling. So making sure order accuracy is on point, speed is good, clean restaurants and hospitality is great. We call it the Honey Grow Engine, those five points. Um, it really, I think that's going to go a long way. So we look at reports weekly. I'm meeting with GMs all the time. I'm in the restaurants a lot. Um, it's like, you got to make sure the customer experience is great, which means your team's got to be on point. One thing that we've done, um, implemented in the last two years, we've actually done something very similar, which Chipotle does with the restaurant tour program. Um, we're just, we're really, we call them EGMs. We're elevating folks who are GMs into, they're making more money, they're making bonuses, really developing people. And there's a whole program that we developed around it. So it works. The, the restaurants that are EGM or elite honey grow restaurants, turnover is a fraction of the company's turnover. Um, the team is happy. You walk in, the GM's not there. It's awesome. And that's the key thing Like for a leader. like If you walk into a restaurant, the leader's not there. You're doing a good job. And it's, it's good. Like You're like, wow, that dude doesn't need to be there. And the team wants to really do great. So a big focus on that is, is where we're at as a company right now. So you said you love great food design and tech. How do those yep. intersect at Honey Grow? I think it starts with great food. Um, we're not, you know, a Michelin star restaurant. <laughs> we're not like, you know, anything crazy here. But, you know, we're serving freshly made noodles. You know, we, we buy the same noodles as like David Chang. You know, we're, we're buying good stuff. Um, I could easily save millions of dollars skimping out and buying something else. But, you know, what's the point? Like, you're not going to appreciate it. There's no love in that. Um, design, I just, I've always been kind of a design nerd. So making sure everything from the restaurants feel good when you're eating, um, don't look like every other restaurant on the planet, I think is key. Everyone's kind of going for that same millennial look. Um, try not to do that. Uh, at the same time, our kiosk design, really making sure it flows nicely. I see a lot of kiosks that are out there. I was just in an uh, airport and they're okay if they're functional, but you want them to feel good as you're going through it. So spending time on that, uh, tech. You know, I, I, I like basic tech, like technology to me is like fire. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, like, I don't, I don't like companies are like, oh, we're a tech company, we sell bulls. 
So that's just stupid. And everyone does that, says those things for valuation purposes. Like we're not a company, but we, we use, you know, a kiosk and it's an app, right? So making sure it's, it's designed right to serve great food and enhance the customer experience. Those, that triangle is, is, is really key. What does hospitality mean to you? It's a great question. Um, I think hospitality is delighting the guests and exceeding their expectation to that they want to come back as often as possible. When you think about your career now as a restaurateur, what lessons, what are the biggest lessons that you've learned? I think I, there's so many. I mean, you know, through, this has not been a straight line for us, and I don't think any company has a straight line to success, and we're not even where we need to be. But um, where, where do you need to be? Well, I'm going for, I'm trying to break the thousand mark on Unicam. So <laughs> I am. I am 3.1% there. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry, 0.031% there. No, 0.31% there. So I, I have a long way to go. Um, and I can't do math clearly, but I, I think I think that like, you know, we, we have a great foundation today to go and scale and, and, and great team. Um, I've made, I mean, I, I could just talk, talk about my, my mistakes. Like I've made mistakes on hiring, uh, in the restaurant, be at the corporate team. You know, we have a great team today. I took time to build that team. Um, I made mistakes in terms of my ego. I, I think in the beginning, I knew everything and I didn't know shit and learned the hard way. And I think you got to really be open to, you got to be like flexible. Like you got to hear people's ideas. And like Amy and I were just talking about before, Amy's our director of marketing, um, how she appreciates that people can manage up to me and that most CEOs don't want that. They don't want people telling them what's going on. Whereas I'm like, I need as much information as possible yes. objectively to make a decision. If you don't tell me, I don't know, depending on you guys for that. And so, and I think the key really is being in the restaurants as a restaurateur. A lot of times executives will go to the office and they think they made it and that's it. And they forget what it's really about, which is really exceeding the customer expectations. And, you know, there's nothing worse than walking to a restaurant and tables are dirty and the team doesn't care. Um, if we're in there all the time, making sure that's not happening and making sure our team's supported and making sure general, especially our general managers are doing great, want to be there, have the ability to do it, putting in that constant effort, et cetera. Like, you know, that is what we should be doing and, um, the rest will, will fall into line. Bring us through opening a new store. What, what's the, uh, what's the game plan? What's the thought process for, yeah. So it starts really, um, for us or for like a new concept. For you, for your, for your, to open up a honey grow. Yeah. So um, first would be uh, looking at the market. So we're in seven markets today. Um, you know, it, hey, like how, look at the distance from, you know, the, the various towns that are in the area. Do we have brand awareness in that town or area? Um, for example, we're opening Arundel, Maryland in uh, about a month. And we have some brand awareness, not only from Baltimore, but also from our King of Prussia spot, which is crazy, but it's like a regional hub area and people discovered us, which is really, really cool. So we have brand awareness there. Um, looking for a site, you know, we want to make sure we have the right co-tenancy. We want to make sure we could do lunch and dinner day parts. We want to make sure we could do um, weekend business. We really want to drive that, that top line. At the same time, rent is so key. You know, we're not going to overpay for rent. And we're not going to pay more than we should to build the concept or to build the restaurant. So getting the right landlord work, support from, from the landlord, working at the deal terms. I mean, that's really very important. 
how are you know our peers in the, in the market doing from Starbucks to Chipotle? What are their numbers? Even Chick Fil A, like if if it's crazy to say this, but I think this, but like Chick Fil A's AUV is like eight million bucks, give or take. And if you hear there's a five million dollar Chick Fil A, like normally people are like, oh, that's really good. Like it's not good, right? Like yes. they're they're almost right. half of AUV. So really understand the data, the market demographics, your median incomes, all that stuff. And I think at the I hate to say this, but in, at the end of the day it's always a risk, no matter what. I mean, you could be doing all the analytics you want and looking at the intersections and standing inside the supermarket and get all the data you can. But at the end of the day, anytime you, you pull the trigger, it's, it's gonna be a risk. So, you know, that's business, it is what it is. And that's what we do, it's calculated risk. So we um, key to hire, hire GM, train them here. Um, we sign them a restaurant, work with one of our other GMs. I'm sorry, GM, they work with another GM. They get to the appropriate training and then eventually build a team. They gain their confidence and know what they're doing. Uh, Amy does her job, starts spreading the word, digital media, um, get the sign up as fast as possible. So people start saying, hey, what's Honey Grove? Go to the website. Um, and then you get open and, and then you got to execute. You know, like people, I think we'll be forgiving maybe for the first few days because mistakes will happen. Um, we try to minimize that as much as possible when you've been through it. So, but ultimately it's uh, just get it done. And then just learn, like recap 30 days in, what do we do right? What do we do wrong? And then on to the next one. When you, when we talk about the hospitality business, we spend so much time taking care of our village, our community, all the people that walk into our restaurants. Uh, we take care sure. of our team. Very rarely as leaders, do we take care of ourselves? How do you take care of yourself? Yeah. Um, it's funny because my wife and I were just talking about, we don't ever take vacations. <laughs> we kind of should start. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 I first and foremost, jujitsu for me, I do it three, four times a week. Um, I've been doing it for about three, four years and it's just, I don't know if, do you do any of that? Like it, I used to, I did Muay Thai during, uh, during the pandemic, but now I've been doing more home workouts. So yeah, yeah. Muay Thai is, is awesome. I've done that for a bit too. Um, jujitsu is super fun. It's, it's like a workout, like no other um just the skill set of his grade so i i love that a lot turn my brain off for an hour it's just awesome uh i meditate daily every morning shut my brain off 20 minutes uh took classes in transcendental meditation and game changing for me as a human so i i really i advise everyone to do that if you can um and i play a lot of guitar actually i'm in a band so uh wow. i play the founder of school of rock actually uh, his name is paul green and uh he uh, teaches a bunch of adults and we're a bunch of ragtags and we play some shitty bars and it's a lot of fun. So I do have that. You play, have you lot. played in a, in your restaurant yet? No, nah, nah, nah. I don't <laughs> think anyone knows this really. Other than my my company. <laughs> someone's going to walk in and be like, wait, is that Justin Rosenberg? So I, I, I play lead guitar and I'm just like under the radar. So it's how I, I love music. So I, I mean, it's just, it's always fun to me. I grew up playing guitar. So I'd say that and I, I have three kids keeping them busy and having fun with them and like I said, six years all the way, super excited during the playoffs, um, spending time with my wife, our dog, now hopefully, hopefully travel, you know, it's working, usual. Where are you, where are you guys going to travel to? Are you going to somehow incorporate work into your travel? Is it possible? Do you, do you ever shut down? No, I don't shut outside, down. Outside, I, of your, outside of your meditation, is there a time when you stop thinking about hospitality, restaurants, what you're building? No. Never impossible. No, seriously, like I don't. Like it's you know, I just don't. Like I, 
in a prior, like, like five years ago, I'd go on vacation, I'd duck out for two hours, I'd be approving certain things. And I think that was part of my own evolution. Once I had a team of people and I was able to let go and found the right folks, they, they just do a better job than me. And they're getting after it and doing what they got to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm always checking email. I always tell my team, guys, like, call me anytime. Maybe you can vouch for that too. She's on the call here, but I'm always like, just call me. I'm not on the moon. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um, and they do, you know, but rarely, but you know, I've, I've some guys that check in once a week and say, Hey, here's where we're at, which I appreciate. But it's also, I, I want my team to feel empowered. I want them to know that they're doing a great job and not breathing down their neck. Like they, they have to feel like, and know that they're supported by me and I trust them. So, but thinking about it all the time, it's hard, it's hard to restrain myself. So I do my best. Where do you find your greatest joy in what you do on a day-to-day basis? Um, making our customers happy. And, and that means making the team ready to kick ass. I was at uh, the airport on um, Friday, flying to Chicago, and my flight was delayed seven hours. So I was like, well, yeah. I can either go home, I can just suck it up, and just deal with this. So I, I sat there, I didn't work, whatever, just killed the time. <clears throat> and um, I saw a pilot with a honey grow bag walking down the terminal. Now we don't have anything in the airport. And I thought that was really cool. I'm like, you know what? Like, where's that honey grow bag going to go? Probably garbage. But like, maybe there's a destination for that, like yeah. a garbage in San Diego. I don't know. Like, yep. but like, I, I just think it's, it's really, I thought that was really special and cool that that pilot went to honey grow instead of somewhere in the terminal and brought the food. I don't know how he got it in, to be honest with you. That's kind of a whole other question, but um, maybe there wasn't honey grow in there. But either way, he had honey grow at some point. So seeing customers with it always makes me very happy. Um, I love seeing folks just enjoying it. It just, it's, it, that's the hard work. That's like the instant gratification of the restaurant business. Like I'm sure, you know, like you walk in your spots and people are really enjoying it, right? Like great barbecue is hard to come by. And I will definitely be hitting you up when I come to San Diego next time. I look forward to it. I'd love to hang out with you and try your stuff because absolutely there, like, there's not, I'm going to get in trouble here, but like, I haven't found a barbecue spot in Philly. I'm like, this is the best place ever. Like there's some good spots. Um, but it's not like, you know, other places I've been to. So that'll get me in trouble, whatever. That's all um, right. but you see people happy. <laughs> Philly, yeah. Philly fans. I'm sure the Philly barbecue fans aren't loud. Whatever. But you know what? Like just being honest. So, so, you know, like you see people and loving and appreciate, appreciating your babies, your products. Yeah. And yeah. that to me is what it's all about. You know, it's just. Fucking people eating it and liking it and loving it and talking about it. Like, oh, you got to try that place. You know, that makes me happy. And I think it naturally we have a tendency to worry about the negatives. I actually receive every complaint we get. So I look at everything and there's a natural tendency to be like, you know, oh man, we suck. And you got to, it's, it's a hard thing to overcome, but you know, we're all perfectionists in this game. At least you should be. Have you, uh, speaking of airports, have you thought of non-traditional locations like airports? Have you guys been approached? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, we've been approached a bit, but I've never, I just, it's a, I mean, you probably know this too, like, it's just a harder, I think it's a distraction. And I, I worry about, like, I'll, I'll be honest, again, like, I don't often have great experiences in an airport on, with food. Like, sometimes I do, most times I don't. And I don't want that to be a first impression of our brand. We only have 31 locations. So like, I don't want, you know, you coming in from San Diego, you're starving, you're on a connecting flight. Oh, it's this hunger place and it sucks. Like, yeah, then we open in San Diego, like, yeah, I remember that place. It fucking sucks. Like, yeah. I think it would do more good. It would do more bad than good. 
So uh, every single week on Wednesday and Friday on the social audio app Clubhouse, we have digital hospitality leaders, people like you that are listening to this show. Um, join us on stage. Tell us about your your restaurant. Tell us about what you're building. If you're in sales, if you're in marketing, if you're in the hospitality business, it's a chance to connect with people all over the globe. Uh, we do a shout out also this week's shout out goes to Andrew Maxwell. He owns uh, 20 Bojums in Ireland. He joins us on stage. We have incredible leaders all over the world that join us. But um, this week, I want to see Justin, I want you to call out someone specifically on Honey Grow. I don't want a whole sure. team. I, this isn't, I'm going to call out the entire team. I need one person <laughs> going to get a shout out on entrepreneur.com uh, who on Honey Grow recently has been stepping up to the plate. Oh, man. Wow. What? This is the best question anyone in my life has asked me on an interview. <laughs> there you go. Now I'm really like, ugh. <laughs> like, I don't know. They're all great. That's yeah. You put say. the CEO up. I don't, I know you have hundreds of employees. I want one. One person. It's going to be person? on entrepreneur.com forever. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. <laughs> One person. Let me think. Let me think. Mm. Let me think. Let me think. Let's see if Amy texted me anything here. I'm sitting here. <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> man. Can I, can I have like a few seconds to think about can this? have a few this seconds. Time? You can this have, a, I'll put you, I'll put you through our next test and that's okay. our smartphone storytelling test. So uh, we truly believe that we're living in the greatest time to be in business. And that's because we all have the internet attached to ourselves um, with that smartphone. So we like to ask a series of questions to get to know your smartphone usage. Are you an iPhone and an Android guy? I, I would like, I, I'm an iPhone person, but I like to know where this is going because if, I actually ask that question all the time too. Okay. So your your iPhone, what version? The latest version. The latest version. So you Whatever wait, that you was. Wait, you wait in line? You always upgrade? No, I, I upgrade when I when it's free. Okay. Are you uh videos or photos? Hmm. It's like river or ocean. I think I'm more photo guy. More of a photo guy. Email or text? I make phone calls. I hate both of those emails. And oh, there we go. I like it. Uh, voice guy, uh, Instagram or Facebook, Instagram, YouTube or direct TV, YouTube, YouTube is, is a horrible addiction. I actually, we just put it on our TV downstairs and like, it's like jujitsu and rock and roll crap. And I'm like, <laughs> so, I have to, so YouTube I have to straight or YouTube TV or both. Are you, a what's, what's cutter? It, what do you mean? You have, I, it's on my TV. It's on your TV. Do you have, but do you have YouTube TV and YouTube? You play no, both? No, just, no, no, just YouTube. Just, just regular YouTube. old YouTube. Just regular yeah. straight YouTube. Got it. Uh, Spotify or Apple Music? Spotify. What's your favorite app on your phone? My favorite? These, you're asking good questions. This is good. Let me open it up and check. Um, what am I using all the time here? Oh, I'll tell you what it is. I use, um, it's an app called Actions. And um, I like live in this app. I'd say that in my calendar. And it's really? uh yeah, it's it's a really great like checklist app, and I've been using it for a few years. And just really organized, clean interface. Yeah, it, it's good. I, I like. I don't know how people remember everything. Like like I tell someone to do something, like, okay, got it. Like I have to <laughs> fucking write everything down. So like I was at dinner with people on, on Friday night, and I'm like taking notes on my phone. Like this way, at least I'm gonna follow up. You know. Yeah, actions. I'm see that. I'm glad I asked the question because I didn't know about that app. What's yeah. your least What's your least favorite app? TikTok. 
TikTok. What's your, uh, are you notifications guy or no notifications? No notifications. Inbox zero? Yes. Okay, give me your uh, your shout out. You've had- <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about the answers for this. All right, let me ask, all right, so I have a question. <laughs> question. Is it possible to do two people in here? Is why we just, there are first EGMs, they both got it. They, okay. I can't choose one or the other. All okay, right. so that's fine. Give me, so a, our, I need a story about both of them though. That I would be proud to give it. So EGM program, big deal, company announcement, on stage, award-winning bonus. They're going on, paying for their vacation. Like it, it's a really big deal. There was supposed to be one, we chose two um, because they've done such a great job. So the first EGM, Brian Noberstack, our general manager out in Boston, Seaport Boston area. Um, Boston is one of our top markets, uh, it, largely because of him and the work he's done. And he is, that restaurant, it, it just does so well in the execution. Doesn't have to be there. Team is amazing. I walk in, welcome to Honey Grow, um, getting the greeting, the, the food is great. I'm blown the F away with this place. And Brian is, has brought, we call it the vision, the whole program. He's brought the vision to life. Um, and same thing with um, Jose Garcia down in uh, Rockville, Maryland. Jose runs a Rockville spot, been with us for a few years. Jose, like I'll walk into that restaurant. Again, he doesn't have to be there. The team is so good. And you see he's developing a pipeline of future GMs, and which is critical to our success. Way rather higher from the inside than the outside. And just they're, they're, they're developing. And it's just the work he's done with people development, um, building a great team of folks that really just achieve, exceed expectations. Um, truly, truly amazing. Like I said, turnovers down, sales are up, food tastes great, complaints are minimal, if, if any. Um, special, special operations guys. So like, I just think they're phenomenal and they deserve all the credit in the world right now from this, from myself and from all of our, our team. I love it. You got the special shout out on entrepreneur. Do you Ooh. see yourself developing any other concepts in the future? I have a few ideas. <laughs> I have a few ideas, but right now, the, my, are they in the food space? They're, they are in the food space, yeah, and and some other stuff and not the food space. But um, my my focus right now is Honeygrown, as I said, and I want to see this thing to a thousand plus restaurants. And um, you know, I plan on being CEO until then, and maybe then some. This is truly my, you know, I don't know how many hours I work a week. I don't care. I love doing this. I love making great companies. I love building this thing. I love working with good people, and I love serving great food. So I'm having a good time, and you know, just keep pushing. That's, that's kind of it. Love it. And thank you guys for listening to the show. If you want to connect with me, it's at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. We appreciate it. Please subscribe to the show. That helps us out a lot. Please go check out a Honey Grow if you are in one of their markets. Um, follow them on Instagram at Honey Grow. Justin Rosenberg, uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the inspiration. I look forward to serving you some barbecue. When you come out to yeah. San Diego and that goes for anybody listening, uh, please send me a DM. Let me know you heard it and we'll give you a smokehouse tour of what we've got in, in here in San Diego. Um, as always, stay curious, get involved and don't be afraid to ask for help. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for listening to Restaurant Influencers. The best way that you can help us with the show is to subscribe and write a review. We love the opportunity to connect with you no matter where you are on the globe, no matter what restaurant you are running. Please send us a DM on social at Sean P. Walchef. If you are interested in toast, if you want to improve your digital hospitality, 
please send me a DM. I will get you in touch with a local toast representative. We appreciate you listening to this show. The best way that you can help the show is share it with a friend and we will catch you all next week or we will see you on one of the digital playgrounds that we call social media.